This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the Besotted Pride of West London podcast. And we're back after a week's break. It's actually quite nice. It's, it's lovely being in the Championship because being in the Championship, you do get this time off where you can actually accumulate the brownie points. If you're in positions like myself, and I'm sure a few of you boys there, you need to get the brownie points in there. So the brownie points are accumulated. We get the international break where we all go off and do your gardening and you know paint your spare bedroom and all that kind of stuff. And then we come back and we're absolutely potty for it. We've got the besotted crew in the house and we're assimilated, we're accumulated, we're together. It's me, Billy Grant, and I'm here with Dave Lane. Dave, how are you doing? I'm all good, Bill. I'm all good, yeah. Good, good to be uh, getting the podcast up and running again. Um, I'm not, sh- not quite sure if I did any gardening or painting of the sheds at the weekend, I'll be honest with you, mate. I was... Um, was uh, recovering from a rather large night on a Friday and then watching news and uh, on, on repeat and watching uh, Sky and BBC and then Sky and BBC watching what was happening in Paris. So it was, uh, it was a, bit of a bit of a weird weekend and it's been a bit of a strange one since, to be honest. But, um, yeah, it's good that um, we're getting back to normal, getting the podcast going and uh, looking forward to the Forest game on Saturday. Indeed, indeed. And then we've got back again, Sav. Savvy B, how are you doing, Sav? I'm fine, thanks, Bill. Um, I've been working the past two Saturday and Sunday, so the international break was perfect for me. I didn't go up to uh, Blackburn. I didn't even manage to listen to it on Bees Player, so I feel a little bit out of the loop at the moment, but um, good to get back on Saturday. Out of the loop, Sav, no problems, because we'll fill you on every nook and cranny that you need to know about what's been happening over the last couple of weeks and even what happened in Blackburn as well. And, of course, we've got Liberal Nick. Nick's back. You know, Nick, we, we miss you, Nick. You know, everyone was saying that this was a liberal-free zone, but this is actually not a liberal-free zone. You are welcome at any time. Nick, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, I'm good. And thank you for all the messages of support that I had for missing one or two podcasts. It was most appreciated. Yeah, I was glad that we had the couple of weeks. It gave me time to recover from that uh, mad taxi ride that uh, some of us shared back from Blackburn to Preston Station. Um, boy, uh, if, you're ever in, if you're ever in Blackburn, taxi number 46 sure knows how to drive fast. 
It does indeed. So, listen, so boys had obviously a, a decent break as well, and myself as well. I mean, I'd, I'd say I'd, I do love the international breaks and hit it hard just beforehand. As we said, me and Lainey went up to uh, Forest, who we'll be talking about later today. We actually saw Forest play Derby. So we've got inside a track. We were like, you know, we were like the moles in the ground. The upper, upper West Bridgeford stand, I think we were in, right in the midst of all the Forest fans. So we know exactly all their songs, like, you know. And we'll talk about that later, the songs and their tactics and everything like that. But that's what I did before the international break. So I'm suitably refreshed after having a couple of weeks off. But... Listen, time to cast our minds back. We played, God, it seems so long ago since we went on that trip all the way up north to Blackburn. We secured a point from Blackburn. Some people say that we lost two points. Other people say it was a point well gained. But we got the point anyway from Blackburn. And um, admittedly, they sacked their manager a couple of days afterwards, which seems to be part of the course for Brentford every time we play a team recently. But anyway... Forget about us. Let's go back to the pubs and the streets and the taxi cabs and the trains and hear what the fans had to say in Blackburn after that match. Yeah, fair result. Um, two average teams that um, played out one all. Um, I, it was an unlucky goal, but then Blackburn created a few more chances in the second half, and you know if they hadn't scored. You know the goal that somehow got in. I still I don't really know how. No. Sort of Dean left it and then Button left. But it was a game that I, you know I kind of felt it was there for the winning in the first um, 30 minutes, 35 minutes. Um, but you know towards the end I was kind of happy to. I would have taken one all with 10 minutes to go. Partly because Blackburn were you know starting to grind it out a bit, and secondly because I wanted to go and get the train. Yeah, pleased with the point really because they were uh, they were a good side of Brentford. You know he just got managed for a month, so we knew it was going to be an eye battle. But they just came to frustrate us. We just haven't been putting chances away. That's the thing we haven't. You know it's not not been too bad. Thought we sat back a little bit towards the end where we could have pushed forward. Jordan Rhodes didn't offer much. Spent sums up the last probably two months for Blackburn, dominating games, creating chances, not putting them away. Disappointing. Uh, I don't. I can't imagine Brentford are going to be challenging at the upper echelons of the of the division for the rest of the season. Who's there at the moment? I would. I would imagine would be still there at the end of the season. Blackburn mid-table, being eighth, twelfth position, something like that. Yes, I do think it's a fair result. I thought we played very well actually, and it wasn't for their what I call a lucky goal. We could have got all three points, but nevertheless, I thought a draw would have been a fair result. Yeah. So I think Rhodes didn't do much up front. So. Uh, we was probably not lucky, but I think the, the two centre eyes sort of kept being pretty quiet. Really, the, their main danger was the guy out on the left wing that uh, uh, Conway. That, yeah, that causes the main problems. The plus today is we're the top West London club in the championship. Yeah. I think like uh, one of the best positives of today was uh, Vibe again. I think like Vibe looks like a genuinely really good player. I think the one issue, no, I think the one issue we have at the moment is just working out where his best position is. We played him in a few places. Looked really tasty today going up. Swift made a good pass for him for the goal. Could have had two or three. And I'm interested to see what he can carry on doing as he gets better. Where you try and set up a shape and then you have something as so simple as that cross come in, cross come shot, whatever it was. And everybody just leave the ball. I don't blame Button at all. There must have been a defensive mistake in there because the way he'd set himself up was he'd set to go to the right and then that must have only come from a foot being stuck out by a defender who pulled it back in. These things happen, but at the end of the day, we're coming away from Blackburn with a point, and I would have been more than happy than that at the start of the day. So that was Blackburn. Interesting to hear the fans' views after a couple of weeks away. 
And um, overall, the Blackburn fans weren't overly happy, and obviously they weren't that happy because their manager got sacked a couple of days later. And the Brentford fans were kind of resigned. They got the points and, you know, fairly happy with it. Probably could have got more, but it was such a long journey. I think we were quite happy to get back home, to be quite honest with you. Blackburn, lads, um, what are you saying? It's, it's, it's not the best away day. We, we, I mean, let's be, you know, let's not be too overly critical about the place or anything like that, but let's just talk about it. It's not, it's not the best away day, is it? I thought it was a terrible day. Um, I thought the atmosphere from the Blackburn fans was is, was awful. I thought there was a real <clears throat> apathy around the place. It was it was you know the, the, it was like a depression in the in the weather, and it, it seemed like everything was just drizzle and just it was just grey. Um, uh, whether the manager deserves to go or not, but I, I, I felt the club needs a good shake-up, so that's, it's probably he, he hadn't done anything particularly bad. They just decided that something needed to happen because, you know, the, the fans were just turning up out of, out of you know, it was almost like robots. So I don't think anyone wanted to be there. We didn't hear a peep out of them all afternoon. Except when they scored, of course. Yeah, except when they scored. I mean, you, know, you expect to hear a bit of a roar when, when your team scores. But um, I just I just thought that we... Yeah, I understand what people say we, we, it was two points given away. I thought apart from that sort of um, real shocking kind of hesitancy in our defence, we probably could have, could have won that game. Um, I, th- I think, you know, them scoring took the wind out of our sails a little bit. You know, I don't think if they scored in... I think we, we might have gone on and scored another one, and it, it could have been another, you know, two, two or three, three nil away win. Um, they weren't, they weren't awful, but I just didn't enjoy anything about the way they played or the town itself or anything about my visit. To be honest, you know, we said in the podcast afterwards the most exciting thing about the day was the, you know the twenty four episode, the um, you know the, the taxi, the taxi race back to Preston. So. Um, you know that says a lot about the day out. To be honest, when the taxi rides, the most important, you know, most exciting thing. Nick, uh, yeah, I mean, I agree pretty much with all Davis said. I mean, it was two mid-table Championship teams fighting a pretty, pretty boring one-all draw. I mean, the positives from our point of view was the return of Sammy Saunders. I thought super sub. I thought he did put in a very good last 15 minutes or so on the pitch and really, you know, G'd everybody up. And um, I think I think I can see what his role is going to be for the rest of the season with us if he stays fit. Um, but 12,000 fans in a 25,000-seat stadium with no atmosphere, it's a pretty, you know... It's not much fun to watch football in. The one thing I would say is that those are the type of games, though, that when you look back at the end of the season, you're pleased to go away with a point. Um, they are easy enough to lose 1-0 to, to somebody like Blackburn. Our cent- central defence um, stifled Jordan Rhodes quite well, so we didn't have any fear from him. Uh, I yeah. At the end of the day, it was, a, it was, a, it was an OK performance from us. We didn't set the world on fire. Um, but one all will do me, you know. And, and it's interesting. I mean, we're talking about um, the, 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 the vibe in Blackburn, and, and for, for us, I mean, you go to football week in and week out. And as, again, as Brentford have been, and not a particularly great team for years in and years out. So the whole day experience is very important. So we do judge, you know, not only what happens on the pitch or what may happen on the pitch, but also what happens off the pitch. And, and, and to, to us, and you know, you look at places like, you know, like Blackburn, like I said to you, a lot of the people, yes, they were very friendly. You know, you, know, you go up north and we do enjoy going up north. We very much enjoy going up north because there is definitely a different vibe up there. But the fact is that you, you do kind of like take away with you 
what happens in and around the football matches. And like I say, you go to Blackburn and it's not their fault as such, but they're just, it's just not really happening in, in, in the places to go. And, and I think it's almost like the pubs do for us and for a lot of people does reflect the away day. And also I think it brings it into the stadium as well. I mean, Brentford has got a great vibe because what happens in and around the stadium, Nottingham's another place. It's got millions of places to go to before the match and it brings it into the stadium. So it's got a really great vibe. And I think that, you know, football clubs have to realise that, that it's not only about what you do in your ground, it's what you do in what's happening in and around that ground. I mean, don't you think so, Dave? Oh, I thought absolutely. I you know, Part of the joy about travelling to these places up and down the country is to feel that you've been and experienced and you've, 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 you've felt a bit of what that city or that town's all about. You know, you know a bit about their identity. It's, 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 it's partly tourism. You know, it, it, that might be, it might be sort of a bit of a dictionary definition of a day out, but, you know, we go to Birmingham and we want to mix with Birmingham fans. God help us. You know, and we want to we want to drink local beer. We want to we want to have a bit of a you know. We, we just want to feel like we're we're there. You don't. It's, it's like the, the old shopping centre you know scenario where you, every everywhere you go, everything's the same. I don't want to go to Blackburn and drink in a hungry horse pub. If I'm being honest with you, you know, I can do that in in Ashford or Staines or Ealing or Feltham or Hamwell. You know, you can do that anywhere. Um, you want to go to a nice little boozer and drink local beer and have a pie and a you know cheese and blooming onion sandwich or and have a chat with a local wearing a flat cap and talk about just talk about what it's like to be in Blackburn. I don't wanna sit in a you know a big burger steak house, happy blooming bouncy castle pub and and just just do what I can do anywhere else. So you know that's not what I go to football. I don't I don't I think most people are similar. You know, um, it, it I didn't feel I'd been to Blackburn. I felt I'd just been, I don't know, I just felt like I sat on the train for 20 hours. But I, I, I didn't get the, the same feeling as when I went to Burnley. So I felt like I'd been to Burnley. I didn't feel like I'd been to Blackburn. And, and I think Blackburn missed out because I, I, I wanted to enjoy it and I, I know nothing about Blackburn. Two things. Designated pubs, absolute disaster. Um, and, you know, sooner sooner we get rid of them, the better. Uh, I would, uh, Matt Allard, if he was here though, would would want to big up the chicken and beans pie that is sold outside the ground because that was that was um, that looked excellent. I was slightly uh, I was slightly sad that I went for the northern stereotype of meat and potato, and uh, Matt was much more adventurous and had the chicken and beans pie. And uh, if you're ever in Blackburn, that's about the only thing I can recommend you have. Yeah, I, I have one of those as well, and it was quite unique. So listen, Blackburn, you know, it's not only you know, it's not only the downside. There are upsides to it. You've got the pies, uh, and in, in certain places, like especially last season, we got the points as well, and we almost got the points as well this season. And, you know, if we go back there in the next season, at least we know what to look out for. But look, what we're going to look out for now, because we're going through a bit of flux at the moment with Brentford, as you know, things are changing. Lee Carsey was meant to be there till the end of the season, but it now looks like that may not necessarily be the case. Lots of rumours flying around. Besotted, of course, has had his ears to the floor. We've kind of held a lot of things down, but we think we're going to now start discussing what we may or may not know about our new manager. The search is on. Marinus Dijkhausen left. Lee Carsey came in. Lee Carsey was going to stay till the end of the season. But Lee Carsley didn't want the job on a full-time basis. Brentford obviously tried to convince him. 
Lee Carsley said, I don't want the job on a full-time basis because I like working with youth team players. So the search went on to find a new manager. In our heads, we thought maybe the new manager might come in at the end of the season, but Brentford thought, no. If Lee Carsley's not going to be past the end of the season, maybe if someone is available now, we should go for it. So the word has been on the street that Brentford have been looking at a few people. And the two people that have been high with the old, you know, the, the old Indians, the old, the old smoke coming out the top of the, 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 of the chimney. Dean Smith from Walsall and also Pep Clotte from Swansea. The two guys who are looking to be the new Brentford manager. And from what we can hear, these guys, or whoever it may be, could be in place within the next, hmm, next couple of weeks, maybe two or three weeks, maybe even less than that. Guys, we need to discuss this because, obviously, we discussed the new manager thing before the end of last season. We didn't think we'd be discussing the new manager thing so quickly, did we? Yeah, um, for, for me, I, I kind of want to know why we're doing it now. Um, I think there's, there's probably a couple of reasons why, why we've kind of pushed into it. One of them is probably the Lee Carsley has said, I'm not happy, I don't like this job, I don't want to do it, I want to go. Um, so that's pushing us a little bit to... to get moving before the end of the season. Uh, secondly, things seem to be going a little awry at Swansea. And maybe if Pep Clotet is our preferred option, maybe uh, he's, he's going to be free quite soon because there is talk that Swansea wants to replace him with um, a fella from Liverpool who was uh, sacked alongside uh, Brendan Rodgers. Colin Pasco. Pasco, yeah. So they're quite keen on getting him, so that might mean that Clotet is free. And so maybe we're thinking, OK... Carsley doesn't want to stay, let's, uh, let's get in there now while he's free. Uh, the other thing that people are sort of uh, indicating that might be a good reason to get moving now is that we've got players <coughs> whose contracts are running out. We've got players that we probably want to pick up in January. So having a, a long-term manager in place might help us with that. Good thoughts there, Slav. I mean, Laney, I know that you weren't overly impressed with Clotet's record, whether or not that record means anything, because he's, he's not a manager, he's, he's a coach. So, uh, you know, it, 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 you've got a person who's a, who's, who hasn't got a great record, but then we've had people who've come in who've had zero record. So, you know, but I mean, what's your thoughts on that, Laney? Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, you know, you can only... You can only gauge him really um, on 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 what his on what his you know what his, his record is in terms of on his CV, and it, it looks like he's moved around a hell of a lot, um, um, and it, it doesn't look like he's achieved a great deal. If I'm if I'm being honest, just just you know, I'm, I'm sure the due diligence has taken place even more diligently since you know they got it wrong with Marinus, so um, I'm, I'm sure, you know, if, if the, the powers that be are, are looking at Clotet, um, I'm sure that they, they're getting references left, right and centre off his paper boy and all, and all sorts. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it doesn't look like he's, he's been anywhere for any length of time. Um, he's been sacked a few times, um, and in, in, the last, in the last four or five, well, three or four years in particular... He's had, he's had a succession of teams, so it, it doesn't look like he's ever really kind of established himself. You can you take that two ways. He's either been really amazing where he's where he's where he's been, and he's been headhunted, or he's one of those players, one of those um, coaches, or one of those individuals that kind of um, stays somewhere and then moves on, moves on. Um, so, he's, but he's, his stock is obviously quite in, in demand. You know, he's obviously got a reputation. Swansea have. 
been, um, you know, impressing everyone with their ability to stay and play amazing football, or relatively amazing football in the, in the Premier Division. Um, and indeed, they beat us in the playoffs, you know, on their way to the Premier League. So, you know, we can only learn from, from clubs like Swansea, who um, are technically punching above their weight, and they've moved into a new stadium, um, and their club seems to be built on really, really stable footings. Um, so, you know, I, I think I still think he might be a bit of a punt to be honest. Um, Dean Smith, on the other hand, we know a little bit more about him, um, but he seems to be, uh, you know, very much a lower league um, journeyman in terms of his, 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 the teams he's played for, you know, apart from, you know, a season or so at Sheffield, Sheffield Wednesday. Um, but, yeah, I, I guess we've got both sides of, of, of the debate here. We've got, you know, the continental style coach, and then we've got the experienced um, lower league uh, manager who's clearly doing a good job at Walsall. They're, you know, they're, they're riding high in League One, um, and you know we, we've seen how he's able to, to to bring out the best in players. With you know when Will Grigg joined us, you know um, Smith was quite you know outspoken at the time about you know why he should have stayed with Walsall because what he was trying to build. So there seems to be some sort of vision there. Um, but I, 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 looking at Smith, he, he spent a lot or, or pretty much all of his time. He's born in the black country. Um, Walsall's very much part of part of that community. Um, you kind of wonder how we how we all cope in, in, in London and at Brentford and with, with you know, Benham's um, vision. It's very different to Bosner's reign at, at Walsall. So, I mean, Smith reminds me of Ian Hendon, if I'm being honest with you. He's kind of like a very similar record where Hendon's do it back up Lake Norian again and they seem to sort of go away and then come back to the same clubs where they're familiar with and they seem to thrive well at those clubs. I just kind of question whether either of these two are the right one. Um, we'll see. You know, we, no, Neither have been announced. I just get... My spidey senses are that neither are the perfect fit, but you know, we, we'll, we'll see. Swansea were last year's team in the Premiership. They finished eighth. Um, they um, punched well above their weight um, and they played some decent football. Um, not all of us get to see a lot of Premiership football because we follow Brentford too closely and around the place. But um, what I did see of them last season, they played some really good stuff. And Gary Monk, indeed, their manager, was being talked about as, you know, possible future England. This year, it's gone a bit more wrong for them, whether that sort of second season, a bit like that difficult second album, you know, second season blues and having a bit of a, you know, problem there for Monk in, in his tactics and what, what have you. So we don't know what Clotet is like in terms of motivating a team but again, looking briefly today across the internet, it seems that Swansea have kept to the style of football that is a decent footballing style, and we're, 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 we're keen on seeing that at Griffin Park. So uh, I'm sure a coach would, who would play football the right way, in inverted commas, um, we'll, we, should, we should welcome that, because um, I'm not certain the Walsall's style of football was ever that, that attractive. Um, but, you know, Dean Smith and 
the Walsall chairman, as David alluded to, I don't think ever wanted Walsall really to get promoted above the Division One. I. I don't think he wanted all the costs associated with going into the Championship, never mind the Premiership. So, you know, but that may be a, spur, uh, a slur on, his, uh, on the Walsall chairman's character. What I would say is that um, I think we can all understand now, and you wrote a really good article on the Besotted website, Billy, about why... Um, Lee Carsley didn't want the job full-time. And I think there's much more understanding amongst the Brentford fans, or there should be much more understanding. And if you don't understand, go and read Bill's article on the Besotted website of why Carsley probably doesn't want the job full-time. I, what worries me is that Claudette comes in, he brings in his own people, and we lose what the continuation. Because I think the other positive from this season so far very positive, has been the performance of the development squad under Kevin O'Connor, which is clearly punching above its weight. I've seen him a couple of times, and they've been playing good football. I know that Matthew Benham wants to reorganise the academy system and bring on the young players and develop them through. So Clotet might be the person to help in their development working with Kevin O'Connor. It might be that you know Clotet could be um, there as a head coach installing a style of play and that's what I think probably Matthew Benham and the board are, are saying is that they want a coach who will play football the right way and the way that we want to establish a Brentford style. So let's see what happens. You know, indeed, and, and it's interesting, you know, we talked about that. I mean, obviously, there's rumours flying around, but as we say, there's no smoke without fire. And as we said, the Besotted boys have had our ears to the ground about certain things. And to be quite honest with you, you know, there's two names that have poked their head up, you know, above, above the parapet. Like I said, there's Dean Smith. Dean Smith, interesting. I mean, Laney talked about Dean Smith, who, who moaned about us taking Will Grigg. But then he, he, he wasted no time a few weeks later applying for uh, Uwe Rosler's uh, um, a, a vacated job, you know, because obviously looked around and thought, actually, this team is actually quite decent. You know, maybe I should actually get a job there because there was one going. And then I think that he, he, he applied for an, an, another job um, after that as well. Um, so, he, he, you know, Dean Smith has been... In and around Brentford, he knows all about us. I think maybe there's a lot of frustration, as you pointed out there, as to their chairman, as to the ambitions. A lot of fans, or quite a few fans, have been moaning about, you know, oh, Brentford, don't do this, don't do that. But you, one thing that you can't moan about is that the fact that we do have ambition. You know, the owners put money in. Whichever side, this is not a rose-tinted view. This is the fact is that, you know, you speak to Charlton fans and they start moaning about their owner and him putting in X amount of money, but not enough money or so on and so forth. But for us... We know that our guy's been putting in money. The ambition is there. Whether or not the execution is there or not, if you agree with it or not, that's not the case. We've got the ambition. And Dean Smith sees that ambition, and he's gone for it. He says, I want to go for that. So, like, from what I can gather, third time my man's gone in there, I want to be part of the Brentford climb up the leagues. Um, and loads of other people have, have, have applied as well. And the Clote, I mean, we had to laugh about the... Clote, or however you pronounce his name, because you knew there was always going to be a left field thing, because Brentford don't do... I mean, Dean Smith also, you know, a lot of people say, yeah, I'll go for Smith, because he's quite obvious, you know, he's doing all right with Walsall, they're top of that Division 1, and, uh, you know, he knows, he, he brought in players, you know, that you, you know, never heard of, you know, um, and, and done very well with them, so you think that's great, because he's, he's an easy option, and fans understand that, but you can't have that as Brentford, you've got to have the left field option. The cloté kind of really fills that little gap. And you knew when, when there was the thing about the, the, the foreign-based English, the English-based foreign manager, someone would do that. And the cloté 
really fills that gap because I've got no idea about this bloke. I, I've got no idea. You know, he's done Swansea. He's a coach here. He's been a coach in Scandinavia. He's got, he's done. He's been in Spain. He's done little bits here and there. A lot of people say his record's great, but I've, I've got, just like the other guys, I've got no idea. But for somebody to actually interview him, put some money down, say he's all right. They must see something in him. And obviously, he's been in UK for a while. He understands the system. He understands the Premier League. He understands how a decent team works. He understands the ethos of Swansea, you know. And, you know, and, and obviously, he talks a good game as well. So, I, I would say that he's probably the number one target. Whether or not we'll get him or, or no. But I think we'll probably find out within the next ten, seven to ten days. You say, say, say the English-based foreign manager, but he's a Welsh-based continental coach. He doesn't quite. I think there's. I think there's a clue. I've got a question for both you and Sav. How do you think either of these two will be? Um, what reception would they get from the fans, the Brentford fans, and the players? Because I think you know. I think the players themselves have how they how they respect and respond to the next manager is going to be critical. Sav, what do you what do you think the reception will be? I think uh, um, really hitting out on the head when you said that Dean Smith would be the, the sort of the fans' easy choice. You know, he's he's proved himself. He plays good football. To, to be fair, he does play very good football, and apparently he does know London because I think he played 250 games for Leighton Orient, didn't he? Yeah, like Dean Smith, isn't it? And uh, so, but um, he, he does play good football. He's a British manager, etc., etc. You know, you can get your head round him, can't you? Was, uh, to be fair to Clotet, or however you say his name, he's done that thing where he's, he's studied football. He's been around Germany, Holland, Spain, Wales, uh, Premier League. He's, he's studied football. And it reminds me, if you look at his background, it reminds me a lot of Warburton. Warburton went around the whole of Europe studying coaching, studying football in different, different ways of playing and stuff like that. And, you know, it, but we don't know what kind of man-manager he is. He's never actually proven anywhere that he can man-manage because whenever he's been a manager wherever, you know, in some youth team or wherever, he's never really lasted long. But from what I can gather, that's partly what he wanted to do. He wanted to go around Europe. He wanted to find out how you coach properly. He's learned from some really, really sort of big people like Van Gaal and Johan Cruyff and apparently he's a disciple of Marcello Piesma as well. So, you know, which is where sort of Simeone and Pochettino and that lot have got their, their ideas from. So, I mean, Clossé, to me, is the exciting option. Dean Smith is the safe option. It's true. And interesting you to say that as well. And uh, I, I'm not revealing any names because this was sort of told to me and I was sort of semi-confident. But there's uh, one of the journalists out there who actually, interestingly, uh, the journalist that is, is the person who recently has kind of given a few digs at the bees. But um, when the Clotte name's been mentioned, he's turned around and said to sort of one of my colleagues, actually, Clotte, actually ticks all the boxes, very good choice, very forward-thinking club, a- absolutely brilliant. Now, again, you know, don't shoot the messenger, I'm just sort of saying this, is this, this is like a, you know, a Main Street Fleet Sheet journalist who's actually said this, and he's been giving us a little bit of grief. So, from that, th- the way that we can gauge things at the moment now, you know, you can look at Wikipedia, and you can look at somebody's record, and you go, oh no, I'm not having that, because that's what you do. But there's other people who have looked into it a little bit deeper than us, who may be a little bit more knowledge. So you've got to kind of take information from them and then utilise that and then maybe just sit back a little bit. Uh, and if he does come on board, sit back a little bit and just, just see, what he, see, see, see what he can give. 
I think the other important thing here is that what would happen to the other backroom staff um, if Carsley were to, to step down? A, will Carsley go back to being the development squad or will he hang around for the rest of the season? He might do, but, you know, it worked in the Warburton case where Warburton stood down in inverted commas and we had uh, not, not a bad end of, end of season run with Warburton having gone. But people like Robert Rowan are a great, you know, have, have contributed greatly to this team and to the way that we've reformed since, um, since we lost Marinus uh, or Marinus went. And if we can keep the same backroom staff, if Clotet, who I guess probably doesn't have the same coterie that an accepted manager has, I mean, managers often come with, you know, their, their favoured coaches and fitness coaches, etc. My guess is that Clotet wouldn't have that, he wouldn't take those people from Swansea, probably because Gary Monk would say, no, you're not doing that because I need, I need them here. Therefore... Same backroom staff at Brentford. There's a bit of continuation, new style of thinking from from a head coach. Could work. Well, I mean, the backroom staff is actually obviously a very important point. Um, I mean, I think part of the reason with the breakdown, the breakdown with Marinus, is because uh, there wasn't a full integration maybe of the backroom staff and the, the front room staff. I mean, I think Marinus and uh, his coach Roy. We're not sure how much they kind of work together with whatever else was put in there. And obviously, we know that Brentford spent a lot of time building and bringing all these other people into place to do things. And, and it's obviously very important that this continues or this, this moves forward. And also, I think that, you know, Brentford, to be fair, they put their hand up, said, we made a mistake. I mean, I'll, I'll put this straight out and I'll say, you know, Marinus, we didn't know, but we thought, Marinus, you might be great. Obviously, it was a mistake. And Brentford put their hand up and said, big mistake. But also for that, I think that what's happened is that because of the Mark um, Warburton scenario and the whole big furore after that, Brentford spent so much of time and energy and effort trying to get it right. They almost like overthought the new manager. They overthought the whole Mariners thing, and they 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 oh, we need to do this and that, and then bring him over and do, and then we we do it, and then we integrate it, and we play our expensive football and 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 the Dutch style, and, and it was just all too much. And I think that what is quite good is that we're sort of to a certain extent going back to basics. What's Brentford all about? What's our football all about? What do the players like? We've learnt from. A few mistakes, which which looks like it's good, and I think that's that's really important in this 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 scenario here. So all the things that you're talking about, Nick, you know, I'm thinking that you know we're not we, we, we it's going to be very rubbish if we go out and make the same sort of mistake twice. So they're going to go out and all right, okay, do you do you speak good English? Yeah, you speak English and communicate. Right, that's a very important thing for a start. What's your relationship with like the players? You know, do you think oh, okay, that's really great? You know, do you what's your coaching technique? Oh yeah, your coaching techniques. So all of a sudden, it's like a lot of the mistakes that may have been made before, we're not going to make them again. And also, do you know what Brentford? Have you seen Brentford play? Yes, I've seen Brentford. What the style of football? Oh yeah, the style of football's great. Okay, brilliant. So the fact is that. If you start bringing these people into place, you, you start to think, well, they actually understand what the ethos of where we're about, because that's, that's going to be key. We played a style of football last season, which we, which we knew that was us. And then we kind of slightly deviated from that. And everyone was slightly frustrated, but they stuck with it for a while because they thought, yeah, that's what it is. But then when we came back to it, to a certain extent with Carsley, everyone's happy. So I'll be very surprised if we go into somebody who's going to deviate from that style of football. So that's the first thing. The second thing is that the backroom staffing and everything like that, I think it's, it's, going to, it's, it's got to happen as to like, you know, everything around them. That person's got to buy into what's everything that's around them. Say, yeah, that's cool. I can work with that. Okay, I'm, I might bring this element to it, but I'll buy into that. 
the one thing I'd say is about Lee Carsley, the question you've got to ask is that if Lee Carsley is going to be part of the team of the new manager that comes in, what happens to him? Because Kev O'Connor is now the under-21s coach. So what happens to Lee Carsley? You know, um, is there any, is there any, let's be honest, he said, I don't want to be the manager. Is there any space for him? Or maybe Lee Carsley, because, you know, not be funny, he's going to get, he can get a job anywhere. Has he already seen a sort of kind of a, a bit of bit of gold at the end of the rainbow that he thinks that he can go somewhere else and, and get another job? Possibly, Bill. Um, you know, I, 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 I think only time will tell on that. We're, we're not part of the football village, so we, um, we, we're not quite sure. You know, may, may, maybe, maybe he has got something else lined up. But the one thing I will say about Lee Carsley is, and I didn't think I'll be saying this after the Birmingham game, is... We owe him a massive debt of gratitude for what he's done in the weeks since the previous international break. It's allowed the, the, the people who are choosing the next manager to do that in a calm setting. You know, they, they, they're able to do it not in a crisis, in a sinking ship where everyone's screaming and hollering at them. You know, we've we've come forward a long way and... You know, you know, if it's not a hundred percent the right person, uh, it's not, it, it won't be evident. We're not going to get relegated because of it immediately. You know, I, I hope I hope they are going to bring in the, the person that's going to be here for five years, and and, and everything's going to you know move forward. You know, get back on track. But we are in a in a in a much healthier position, and um, I think Carsley's being able to sort of, you know, instigate that. So, you know, I hope I hope whatever happens to him, it, it, it makes him happy because he's clearly a man of principle and um, he's, 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 not a, he's not a yes man and um, the game needs him and, um, and Brentford uh, has benefited from him being in charge for this short period. And look, we could be in worse positions. We could be Fulham fans who seem to be either ending up with the choice of Steve Clark, which I suppose would be all right, or heaven forbid, they might have Nigel Pearson as their manager. Um, so you know, never, never, we we should never worry that uh, our our board aren't actually more imaginative than the Fulham are. Indeed. So listen, I mean, news. It may be a week, might be two weeks, might be six months. We we've got no idea. Well, we've actually probably got a bit of an idea, but we can't say anything at the moment now. But listen, Brentford, a state of flux. But at the moment, everything's rosy now. Much respect to Lee Carsley, as we said. He's done a lot for Brentford now and he's taken us to that new level. And whatever happens over the next few weeks, we know that it's going to probably be the best thing for everybody because everyone's put their cards on the table and said, look, this is where we want to go and this is where we want to move. But look, the weekend is coming now. We'd forgotten about this. There's going to be a game of football at the weekend involving our team. Not an international team, but a local team, Brentford. And we've got a Northern team, or a Midlands team, sorry, 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 Forest fans listening, it's a Midlands team coming down to play us. We need to find out about what's going on in the land of Forest. So let's not talk about ourselves yet. Let's go over to Stephen Moon. He's from the London Trickies, or the London branch of the Forest Supporters Club. He's going to tell us exactly what's going down in the land of the Forest. All relaxed after a week and a bit international break time to look forward to Saturday we're back on the league trail Brentford I've got Nottingham Forest coming down to Griffith Park they came down last season I remember rightly um, we sort of kind of scraped a bit of a draw in that game but no Forest are coming down again on Saturday 
And we thought the best way to find out about what's going down or up in Forest is speak to Stephen Moon from the London Trickies, as they call. Stephen, how are you doing? I'm fine, thanks, Bill. Yeah, fine. Yeah, you're good, you're good. So, you, you yeah. international break, you... Was it uh, yeah, quite I mean, nice to get away from the football for a few weeks, was it? Uh, it, can, it, it, it can be, but I mean, I suppose from the Forest point of view, the unfortunate thing was it ca- it's come on the back of a really good performance, and... Uh, I just hope now with the break that we've had, bear in mind we did have a few players involved in internationals. Hope, hope they've all come back fit enough. I think they have. And, uh, yeah, that we can sort of like come back a bit refreshed and really uh, look to take that good result we had against Derby, take that forward into our future games, yeah. And, and we'll talk about that because I could actually share that with you because I was actually at the Nottingham Forest versus yeah. Derby game as well. I was actually in the, up, the upper uh, Bridgeford stand as well. So I was with the Forest fans. You know, Good, yeah. watching you enjoying yourself. You know, I was with the Derby yeah. fans earlier, with the Forest fans yeah. later. So I saw what was mm-hmm. going on, and, and it was, a, it was yeah. an interesting game. It's interesting for me because we played QPR the week before, so we'd seen the West London Derby. We're used yeah. to that, so seeing that, so seeing a Midlands Derby, just mm-hmm. getting a different vibe. It was very, very interesting for us actually, and for you. I mean, you got the bragging rights that day, didn't you? Yeah, well, we did. I, I think it's. I mean, every time we play them, it's usually quite a feisty game. Uh, I mean, it has been worse than that in the past on one or two instances. But, uh, yeah, there's, 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 no, there's no love lost between the two teams and there's no uh, quarter asked for given on the pitch. You know, it's, it's always a real, really hard competitive game. Yeah, yeah and I mean, I must admit, because you said it's quite feisty, and I was quite surprised how, how it wasn't as feisty as I was expecting it to be. I mean, I came uh, out the station and I was expected to see millions of police and all sorts of stuff going on. And it was kind of relatively kind of, you know, it was kind yeah. of quite, you know, cool. I'm quite used to sort of games. And I'm not, I'm not putting it down or anything like that. But I don't know, is it maybe because of the fact that you've played each other so much over the last years that you're almost like used to it? Well, I think so. I think probably the police seem to have matters pretty much well in hand. Uh, I mean, I, I, I was wondering when uh, Sky first wanted the game about the rhythm of playing it on a Friday night because obviously people have got the chance to really uh, spend all day in, in the pubs or whatever. But uh, but it, seemed, it did seem to work out okay. But no, I, I, I didn't certainly see any uh, terrace, any problems amongst the fans, although I understand there may have been after game in some areas. But uh, no, uh, there's certainly a lot of things that actually happen on the pitch when the two meet each other. But... Uh, that was not quite so bad as what it has been in the past, yeah. Indeed. And, and talking about the game itself, I mean, Derby, you got in there with it. Oliveira, you got an early goal, yeah. got a strike inside there. And basically, you just you hung on for what it seemed like. It seemed like about 45 years that Derby hung on to that <laughs> game. And, and, you, and, and you got the win in the end. I mean, don't, I mean, don't, I mean, say Forrest hung on, you know, till the end. And, and yeah. for, I, say, I think we did, so, yeah, I, I, I'm... I think we did in some way, but at the same time, although we had less of possession, I thought we had the better chances, really. Uh, the goal disallowed was, all right, it, it could just, it was given for a push, but it just needs to have been a penalty to us. And, uh, the, and I think we had, we had two or three chances in the second half that perhaps we may have put away and given us a little bit more, more breathing space. But like I said, it was, good to, it was good to hang on. And in fact, it was good really to hold on for the result because even though we'd lost two or three games leading up to that. We've not been playing badly in them. It's just no. a question that really and truly in front of goal, we, we were lacking. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, I heard that. And I was looking at that as well. I mean, you, you, you yeah. had those great results. You lost against Preston. You know, you, you, yeah. it's a lot of draws and losses coming into that game. Uh, I mean, one good result that you did have, you did beat QPR about a month or so mm. back, which we're very yeah. happy with. And we'll, we'll tip our hat to you for that one. 
But other than that, yeah. like you, you seem to be, your form seems to be sort of kind of wavering a little bit. And, I mean, I thought, again, Forrest, I mean, last season wasn't the best season that you had. But, you know, at times you played sort of maybe half-decent football. You, I mean, you had a very good player in Antonio who, you know, you sold to West Ham. And I think he's a bit gutted because he's not even getting game time there. I mean, again, what's, what's that all about? Is it, is it going for the money? Is it the fact that he had to leave you because he wanted to get to another level? I mean, it's, it's, it's not done you any favours, though, has it? Uh, well, I, I suppose the only, only favour that will do us, hopefully, is that coming into the season, the money we've got that will help bring us out of this transfer embargo that we lumbered with, which, of course, at the moment only allows us to get like, decent loanies and free transfers. And, 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 under that, and under those circumstances, I think Doogie's come up pretty well with getting in people like Ryan Mendes and uh, Nelson Oliveira up front, and particularly, and particularly the young left-back who I'm very impressed with, uh, Penelos. But... Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm a little bit surprised that uh, Antonio went to West Ham because, obviously, West Ham signed Victor Moses on the same day. And yes. I would have thought that that was it. But I suppose they see it as someone for the future. But, uh, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, we've had this transfer in Bogue. And, of course, also, we've got, really, a lot of players who are on long-term injuries. Asamba Longa, Cohen, Reid, Matthew Fryatt, and quite a few others have had legally injuries from time to time. So, we've had, really, a lot of players that have been missing for you know, quite some considerable time, which has really meant that we've never really been to build a, set, a, a really settled team all season. But, uh, but like I say, some of the results have been a bit disappointing, but it's not that we're playing badly. Yeah, OK. And, and, and for the Forest fans out there as well, it's very much the same thing with Brentford. I mean, we've had yeah. enormous bad luck with our injuries. We've had probably yeah. about 15 or yeah. 16 injuries, a lot of them very long term. Our latest yeah. one is our striker, Durasin, who looked like he was coming into form, scoring yeah. very good goals. He got injured a couple of weeks ago as well, so he's out. Looks like we're not going to mm. replace him. And like I said to you, we've got right-backs injured. We've got midfielders injured. Hotter, as you probably know from last season, he's injured as yeah. well. You know, we've missed a lot of players. So we've... we've we wouldn't say we're playing with the second team, but we've had to make do with players who've had to come in and, and do so forth. And, and we started off with a very, very bad start to the season with Marin Nostikhausen, who was the manager we brought in. Unfortunately, we had to let him go. And Lee Cardi, who's come in, he's done a fantastic job and putting back a little bit of vibe and a little bit of energy and a little bit of enthusiasm into the players. They're playing some very good football. So it should make out to be a very good game on Saturday because obviously Forrest need to come back on the back of that derby win. And we need to carry on where we left off. You know, we drew against Blackburn just before the break. And, you know, we need to, you know, to carry where we left off. Yeah, I think I'll go along with that, Billy. I mean, it's, uh, from, from both sides' point of view, I, I, I mean, for an outsider, I mean, I was absolutely shocked, really, when you got rid of Mark Warburton. I couldn't understand that. But obviously, whoever's running your club had, had their reasons. But, yes, I mean, I think, I think there's someone like Lee Carsley. Uh, he's obviously been a good coach, and obviously he know he knows the game at that level. So um, I'm not surprised he's doing very, very well for you. And I know you have got when, you, when you've got everybody together, uh, you have got a pretty decent side there, and, and, and the small ground that you've got, you, you, you know, you do look very good at home. So uh, yeah, we're, we're expecting a good, hopefully a good game Saturday, and a, and a pretty tough battle. But if both sides play to their potential, uh, I think it could be a really good, tight, close game. And also, you've told us the players to look out for Forrest. I mean, you know, like I said to you, the players to look out for in particular. I mean, if there's one key player that we need to look out for, who is that? Uh, difficult one, really. I'm, I, I mean, certainly, I mean, in, in midfield, Henry Lansford, if he's on song. Uh, and uh, certainly, I, I think David Bourne, who I always did like when he was with Blackpool and Sunderland during the season. But uh, we've had him for a couple of years now. And again, he's been on and off with injuries. But now he's come back to... Uh, 
his best form, and, he, and at the moment he is playing very well. And, I, and, and he got the man in the match against Derby, and uh, I think that, that was totally well merited. He, he was outstanding. And uh, yeah, I mean, Johnny Williams, who he got on loan from Palace, I think we tend to use him as a substitute. Comes on the last half hour or so, and uh, is, is a good little footballer. And I mean, as you say, Mendis is uh, very, very fast, very, very skillful up front. Trouble is, he doesn't get a lot of. I don't think he's going to be a prolific goal scorer, but uh, no, but he's, he's a good player. And I think we, look, we are quite impressed with him. So overall, we have got we have got some good players in the side. It's just really a question of all clicking. Of course, all clicking. And from the Brentford side, I mean, for the Forest fans, um, it's Alan Judge. You've probably heard of him as well. He went out yeah. to Serbia with the Ireland team. He didn't get game time at all. So luckily, he'll be refreshed for Saturday. He was injured before yeah. the break. So hopefully, yeah. he's off his injury now. I'm pretty sure that he is. That's what we know about Alan Judge. Of course, he started his life uh, the other side of the river up here, didn't he, in Nottingham? That's right. And also, yeah. Sergi Canos, if he comes off the bench, we've got a Liverpool mm. um, academy player. He's young, he's enthusiastic, and he's absolutely potty for playing for Brentford. Yeah. So if he comes off in 70 minutes and absolutely terrorises your, your full-backs, you, you know who that mm. guy is. It's Sergi Canos. Yeah. So, but anyway, big game Saturday. Forest fans all mm. coming down. You've sold out your allocation again. I know you're, you're drinking it all over Brentford. I mean, I know you're drinking in Cambridge. Yeah. You've, your, you've got your plot all sorted out, haven't I you? Think, I, think, I, think actually, I think actually we might be going heading towards the Six Bells now in Brentford High Street. Okay, well, there's loads of different pubs. I mean, all you need to do is check yeah. besotted.co.uk. We always give a pub guide in the... Yeah, you've got, you've got a wide selection in the area, haven't you? Yeah. That's so right, you, like, you, you know. Like, you, like, you like Nottingham, yeah. So uh, you can take your pick from one good one from many, yeah. That's right. So take your pick, Forest fans. Besotted.co.uk. You'll see all the pubs in there. Four pubs on the corner, but or oh, three pubs on the corner now, but loads yeah. of other pubs in the area. So check yeah. it out. But final thing, I'm going to ask mm-hmm. you for a score prediction. Well, I thought it wouldn't surprise you, Bill, to say I'll bet my own team. I always do. But I think it's going to be a, it's going to be a really tight game. But I'll take Forest City by the odd goal. Probably say two one. Two one to Forest, and I'm going to yeah. flip it on its head. And I'm going to go two one to you, mighty bees. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure but, Steve, have a good day, and I'll catch up with you on Saturday at some stage in Brentford area. I think two sides that are probably about eight, eight grits at the moment and uh, just playing the best team win. So, yes, that was Stephen Moon from the London Trickies, as they call him. Sounds like a uh, West Country trip-hop band. Actually, no, it doesn't at all, does it? <laughs> but anyway, listen, Stephen Moon, he was telling us all about the forest. We had a little bit of a chin wag about the forest derby game, which I was at with Laney. And uh, like I said, we saw forest firsthand, didn't we, Laney? Yeah, we did. We had a, we had a good night in, uh, in forest and uh, travelling across from Derby with the Derby boys and girls. It was a very interesting afternoon, evening. Um, I wasn't that impressed with forest. On the, on the night, they they won the game. They wanted it a lot. You know, it was it was a, a proper you know it was a proper local derby. Don't you know? And no mistake, um, they got a really early goal. And Derby played the better technical football, um, but they just couldn't convert it. It was a familiar story to you know some other teams that I could mention that played really good football and sometimes it just doesn't pay off. Uh, um, so um, I, I, I'm not that worried about Forest. They've obviously got some good players still. Um, they weren't one of the better teams. They, they're not in the same class as Hull. Um, they're not in the same class as uh, 
as um, uh, who else? They're not in the same class as Derby or Middlesbrough. Um, they're, they're they're better teams in this division. So I think I think we can possibly do a job on them. It's not to say I'm taking it for granted, but you know, Forest Forest are another mid-table team. So you know, we we we, we can we can win. I mean, and, and Nick, I mean, you know, last season we look at Forest. I mean, we played Forest for the first time in, in a while. And, uh, you know, we were a bit worried when we went up to Forest. And we absolutely wiped the floor with them up at their ground, you know. And that, that was the time when we just realised absolutely Brentford are on a different level, you know. Um, things slightly different now, but still, I mean, for this game, technically we should be able to take Forest, shouldn't we? I think uh, I think we should be favourites for this game. Um, Forrester Forrester on not a very good run. Uh, I gather that they're still the manager is uh, again in trouble. They're another team we're meeting. You know, where's manager managerial problems? Um, their performances. I, I I wasn't at the game, but I saw the second half on the television. And despite their victory, I thought you know they weren't worth cop. And I have to say also that uh, for future reference, Derby under Paul Clement didn't seem to have improved much. Um, this season either, so I think um, I'm quite looking. Well, a I'm looking forward to getting back to Griffin Park. It seems a long time since we've we've played a game there, and B I'm actually looking forward to seeing how we can do against a team um, that should be challenging for playoffs, isn't challenging for playoffs, and I reckon if we win this, it could show that we are well established towards the top of the division. So, but I'm going to ask a question because obviously, you know, we talk about injuries, injuries, injuries all the time. We've had another injury and a, a striker that looked like, you know, he might start to get a bit of form. He looked like he started to understand, you know, how we play. You know, the other players could understand, you know, him as well. It's Jurisin. He loves his runs off the ball. He caused a lot of problems for, for the, the defenders because he's just, he's so mobile. He just, he's all over the place, just running and doing things, even if he's not necessarily scoring goals. How much are we going to miss him against Forrest? Um, probably quite a lot, uh, although I think Vibe is our best option out front to replace him. A uh, different kind of player, obviously. I think Vibe is, is a, he's a good player, and let's face it, he's a class player. We paid quite a lot of money for him, and if he can't take that role, then we are genuinely in trouble. Um, I think I, I, I worked out a stat that since Juricin came to us, we haven't won a game where he's not played. Okay. Cheers. That's a stat. That's all your fault then, Stab, isn't it? Yeah, cheers. But no, I think, I think of course, we're going to miss him because he's, he's been the first choice. But I think V-Bay, um, he, he can take that role. And I think we've struggled to find a place of V-Bay anyway. And I think we've actually found a place where he's, he's going to be at his best. So I'm quite happy with that. I think Forest are uh, pretty awful away from home as well. I think um, their last three games uh, away from home, they've lost them all. And one of those was Preston and the other one was Bristol City. Yeah. So if they're losing away to those kind of teams, then I think uh, they're, they're, not, they're not that good cop. They also don't score many goals. Um, they've only scored twice all season. Twice? So, uh, yeah. Nice. Scored two, two goals in one game twice. 
Oh, okay, two goals in one game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so that came out wrong. That's what that's, I mean. It did, yeah. Okay, great. So, Stato, listen, I'll tell you something. We, we, we're going to have to put you on the Stato mantle. And we, the, the Allard needs to go because the, the stab is in. Like, you know? I know he's phoned me up and told me about that. Okay. <laughs> so, it's good. But listen, Lady, I mean, I mean we, we, we've mentioned the fact, like we said, you know, we talked about it quite a bit that we went up to Forest and, like we said to you, really interesting atmosphere up there. To be, to be fair, and, and they'll say, yeah, what you're talking about, but I actually thought that, you you know, the, the, the Fulham-Brentford derby was more edgy than the Forest derby derby that we went to last weekend. And, you know, that, that, that you know, I'm being unbiased there, but, you know, I just did think that. Um, and like I said to you, I spoke to Stephen and I talked about whether or not it's the, they played each other quite a lot. But we've been to a couple of games as well because we also went to the Wembley game, uh, England versus uh, France, which was actually Tuesday night. And we went to see that Laney as well, which is quite poignant because of the um, atrocities that happened in Paris over the weekend, which is very terrible. Yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a sort of a, a must attend, I don't know if I'm being honest with you. I, I, I haven't been to that many um, England uh, Matches at Wembley in the last, over the last couple of years, there used to be a bit of a home and away, um, but I just kind of lost lost faith in, 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 in watching England. I don't feel that entertained by it, but I thought um, after seeing what had happened um, on, on Friday night, <coughs> I come out of a gig myself on Friday night and, and seen people in Paris had been sort of murdered just for doing exactly the same, just being out having uh, and, uh, enjoying their Friday nights with their friends, and it was just. Um, I, I felt I felt I had to I had to go and I took my son and I was I was quite nervous about doing that, um, but you know I, I just felt you know it was it was the right thing to do and um, I was able the security inside the stadium wasn't wasn't amazing to be honest with you because I was able to sneak into the French end. Um, and um, I, 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 um, I attempted to sing their, their anthem with them, and I, and I, and I videoed some, some, some of the, the scenes in the, in the French end, and it, it was really moving um, just to see the whole stadium standing and, and singing for, for the French and for those that had uh, you know, been mowed down just, just, for, just for living their lives. Um, and I, I thought that the unity and the solidarity um, was, was just overwhelming and I'm, and I'm so glad the game went ahead and I'm so glad that the two nations um, stood shoulder to shoulder and we showed that that, that, that fear um, and that tyranny will, will never ever win. Um, they can bomb us, they can shoot us and it will just never ever affect us and I, I thought it was a very special night um, on Tuesday, Bill, and you know, what, what, what did you make of it? I mean, I thought it was great, you know, it was a, it was a great but it was a, you know, you go there for the, I mean, I had a ticket for the football match anyway and obviously the the complexion changed because of what happened at the weekend Uh, I was a little bit nervous I must admit but you sort of go there with that defiance Uh, the one thing I must admit though I I was very very surprised that the security when I went in was very lax it was even more lax than you know when you go into Brentford but Brentford they search you proper hardcore but we walked into that stadium you know I had my bag full of my, my trickeries as you know I've got all sorts of cameras and everything like that in my little pouch bag no one even looked at me. I sort of went straight in, and about three or four of my mates, so they all went straight into the stadium. And we thought, you know, either they're, they're really confident that no one's going to come anywhere near because there's all 
machine guns outside and sniffer dogs and everything like that. And they're thinking that people figured I ain't coming anywhere near the stadium. So they're probably so relaxed that they just thought, listen, let's be sort of like really relaxed on the door. But that thing kind of like got me a little bit nervous. But other than that, as we know, we, we had a little filming project, which is a little aside from the besotted thing that we do that people will see out there where we're going to have a, have a little... We're going to have a little piece on this uh, this French game, hopefully out within the next week or so, where we actually interviewed a lot of England fans and a lot of French fans as well. And it's really interesting to get their opinions as to you know how happy they were for the, the English and how, how positive the English were towards them and how accommodating and everything like that as well. And also the, the unity that they felt with the English uh, fans and also with football fans in general and also how it sort of sent a message out to the world about how we're just going to, you know, not, not, not stand this kind of stuff. We're still going to carry on and do what we do. So that was really interesting. You know, you've got French fans who some of them couldn't speak great English, but they went out of their way to try and speak English to actually give us that message. And hopefully, like I said, you'll see that in a, in a, in a week or so's time coming out as a uh, maybe of a besotted special or, or maybe on, on, on another channel out there. But we'll keep you in the loop, you know, as we say. But it was a, it was a good night, though, wasn't it, Lane? Yeah, um, I'm, 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 you know, if I, let's be brutally, brutally honest. Um, if if I could have turned up and um, and uh, you know witnessed the beginning, you know, the, the build up and the the, the 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 singing and the anthems and the minute silence and the show of respect, um, I didn't think the game afterwards was particularly great. But uh, two 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 cracking goals. But the atmosphere in the stadium after that, I thought, was really really flat. Um, it was, you know, it was very, very quiet. Apart from, you know, apart from the, the you know, the, uh, the showing them the respect. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm so glad I went, and um, it was a, a not, you know, certainly a night to, to remember. Not to remember, and just looking forward again to Saturday because hopefully Saturday will be a day to remember. Again, we're playing Forest, and uh, we need the three points because we need to get ourselves back on track because uh, you never know, we might actually get a little bit of a promotion train going on again. So, boys. It's that time of the day or the evening or the night where I think we need to get a bit of a score prediction going on. And I'm going to go around the table here to Mr Lane, first of all, to see what you think. Well, get the old stats out. Um, I'm going to look at Forest's record so far this season. And um, after seeing them two weekends ago, I am going to predict a 1 or 2 nil Brentford win. And I will say 1 nil Bees. Sad. Uh, same here. Um, they don't let many goals in. And um, we haven't got Jewish in. Although we should have judged back. So it's going to be 1 or 2 nil to us. 1 or 2 nil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll come off the fence and I'll say, despite not having Jewish in, um, they're not going to score. We are going to score two. Vive will score one. And somebody surprising will score the second. Uh, I think, ooh, I don't know. Yeah, it could be a, Sam, could be a Saunders free kick in the uh, 80, 87th minute. There you go. Indeed. And go don't, don't go and put your mortgage on it, though. Okay. Two nil. And, and I've also spoken to Stephen about this. As you know, I've gone for the 2-1 to the Bees. I think it's straight up. Bees are back in the game. And Forest are going to actually... just They're just going to be demolished by the Bees. But anyway, guys, good chatting to you. Haven't spoken to you for a while. And it's nice to get around the table again and talk about football. Um, and Saturday, fingers crossed that we're going to get a result. You know, um, just, just, just to let you know, there's a few things we're talking about. Actually, if you check on besotter.co.uk... As you know, we've got a exclusive, exclusive 
um, very limited edition old school legends print which has got four bees legends on it and we've literally got a handful of those left most of them are already flown out the door and we've got I don't know less than half a dozen of those left so if you want to get one of them get on besotted.co.uk and order them up there because it may be a great present for either yourself or your old man or your uncle your niece your nephew whoever so we've got those going on as well but listen besotted.co.uk that is us we are the pride of West London this is our podcast and we come out every week you should subscribe to us subscribe to us on YouTube which is besotted1992 on YouTube and also you can check us out on prideofwest.london Boys, Saturday, we're going to be in the pub relatively early and we're going to be talking about this game on Saturday. But listen, we need to get the three points. So of course we know this is the thing that we say every week to cheer the boys on. What we say is, come on, you bees. Come on, you bees. Viva la Brentford. Viva la bees. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Talk sport. Powered by fans.